Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Wonderful pleasure to be back on board once again today. As, well, the Vikings are now 7-2, and two, yet another victory, and I feel better. Yeah, you're not hearing the cracking in my voice. You're not hearing that, you know, that nasally nonsense. Yep, yeah, I feel a lot better now. Cleanups are still in the mix, but hey, we're still doing Purple Mafia, at least as the best we can. <laughs> Vikings 7-2 and two today in a very back-and-forth, crazy-ass kind of a game. Lucky to be recording. I wanted to get Timberwolves Explosion done a couple of days ago when it was too cold to work outside, but, uh, well, the software had uh, issues and everything. I thought that uh, I just needed to reinstall Audacity and then... <laughs> Jeez, and then apparently I had a virus. This happened last year, actually, where I kept turning the uh, audio, the recording part, the recording part of the audio off. So some kind of weird virus. Every time you're about to record, bloom, mute. And it's like, this is really weird. And you, you unmute it, you go back, and then it's mute again. So we're lucky to have Purple Mafia back. Uh, we have malware bytes to thank for that. It dug up five viruses off my computer and uh, back and ready to roll again. This actually did happen about a year ago, believe it or not. I just didn't tell anybody because it's a deep, dark secret. Let's get back to the game. Uh, Case Keenum was good, and then there were a couple of viruses in the third quarter, but luckily the Vikings hang on. Um, well, third quarter, second half, the early fourth, all that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, interesting game. Case Keenum looks like he wants this job. He really does, uh, especially the way he was going in the first half anyway, particularly, and into the third quarter. Just spectacular overall. Uh, game for Keenum until the interceptions came around. Uh, a lot of us scared going into this one. The Vikings' success rate in Washington has been pretty porous for the most part. Of course, you win games when you're trying to lose. Well, well, maybe they're not trying to lose, but the fans are hoping they might because maybe you want a higher draft pick. So we, so we win games like that. And you have your star running back at the time go down with the ACL in that same game. Remember that back in 2011? The, the glory days of Leslie Frazier? You know, a guy who's known for his defense, yet the defense was horrendous the whole time he was here. Yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, bottom line, the Vikings win 38-30. to They're 7-2, first place in the NFC North, blah, 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 blah. We'll talk about the other teams in the NFC North very shortly. Um, this game was scary coming in. You saw defense that wasn't that great. You saw Washington offense that is great, an outstanding offense. Kirk Cousins, Maurice Harris just claimed, just picked up back off the practice squad and made a spectacular catch. At first, it was ruled not a touchdown, then it was just, I mean, just reached out as he's falling, pulled it in, stayed in bounds. Wow, um, the play of the year, pretty much, at least for the Washington Redskins. Well, for a lot of teams, he'll be. It's one of those. It's one of those can't-miss plays. It was awesome. Um, congratulations to Maurice Harris. Definitely not a uh, huge blemish on <sighs> our, our favorite cornerback, Trey Waynes, who usually leads the team in tackles because they're always throwing his direction because nobody wants to throw to the oft-beat-up, the oft-nicked-up uh, Xavier Rhodes. You don't want to say oft-injured, but it seems like he's oft-hurt. He's always kind of coming off the field because there's something going on, but... Uh, Xavier Rose, spectacular for the most part, once again. Um, Trey Waynes, it's like, I, I don't know, I almost crack up when I talk about him, in a not in a bad way, but in like a, oh, you just hope for the best type of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I thought he was okay today. He got beat a little bit, but, you know, I mean, he's been a lot worse. Uh, he was solid. You saw a lot of uh, playing time for a lot of the secondary today. Happy birthday to 
One of my favorite guys, Mackenzie Alexander, well, at least I'd like to believe he is. Uh, he had three tackles in the game today. was good defensive, and he got his first NFL interception. Remember, he didn't get any in college because they never threw it to him. Just like Xavier Rhodes this year, they're not throwing his way, so he's not getting interceptions. Where Last year, he got like five, didn't he? So Xavier Rhodes has been spectacular. He's been shutting down a whole side of the field, and that's been awesome throughout the season. Without a doubt. Um, it did kind of have the feeling of a shootout type of game. And I came in thinking that the Vikings would want to establish the run early. And, well, you know, they tried to. And it didn't work out so good. Ultimately, Latavius Murray would be the first player in the end zone for the Vikings. So good for us. Uh, both teams scoring on their first drives. Both quarterbacks, though, very aggressive early. Case Keenum hitting Stefan Diggs down the field almost immediately on a spectacular play, uh, 50, uh, just way down the field. Uh, he wound up with uh, 78 yards, but this was the 51-yard play, setting things up right out of the gate here pretty much, putting the Vikings in great position, and ultimately got the Vikings where they wanted to be, to the goal line, to the red zone, and of course we, we tie the game up, and then it just kind of you get the, the back-and-forth effect for a little while. As you know, both teams were punting. The Vikings offense was sputtering a tiny, tiny bit. And then the floodgates came through. And things would change dramatically as Case Keenum would get aggressive, continuing down the stretch. I mean, hitting Adam Thielen about 100 times, it felt like, down the field. There were some plays later on in the game. I mean, Thielen could have easily had over 200 yards in the game. Stefan Diggs, hard to believe he only went up a 78. Uh, on his touchdown, though, after that, he was, of course, jumping into the freaking stanchion. I don't know why he did that. Of course, penalty on him, and everybody annoyed with it. The announcers annoyed with it. Uh, <laughs> even on the radio side, you heard uh, our good friend Greg Coleman uh, say the same thing, like, wow, that was a very selfish play. I want to take him to the woodshed. You're listening during halftime, of course, with that one. Um, Case Keenum would really, really carry this team along the way for the first three quarters or so. Ultimately, you feel like he's, and I'm sorry, I keep saying ultimately, and I don't know why. Um, just too excited, I guess. <laughs> but this is a guy who really wants to stay a starter. Uh, was very touching to see Teddy Bridgewater tearing up after the national anthem. So happy to be back, a part of the team again, and literally... Where, you know, just activated again, and that's awesome. Um, but Keenum doing the best he can to say, I want to keep this job. Of course, it's a contract year, too, for Case Keenum. I mean, he is going to get a significant raise, either from the Vikings as the backup quarterback, maybe even as a temporary starter. I doubt it, though. I think I, I think Teddy Bridgewater ultimately will be the starting quarterback again for this team. That's just my guess. I kind of believe it. Um, it's all wait and see things. Sam Bradford, of course, put on IR. A lot of us not expecting him to return as a Viking quarterback again. Maybe he'll get another crack somewhere else. Um, Mr. Mike Zimmer also during the week said that it's not bone-on-bone bone for Sam Bradford. So maybe he will play again, but probably not here. Uh, so, but Case Keenum definitely making a case, pun not intended, to uh, get a significant uh pay increase in the offseason. There's no doubt about it that he's going to get one. Uh, pretty much bargain basement in the NFL terms. $1.3 million for Case Keenum for only one year. And at the time you saw him, as he's just a mediocre backup quarterback, but he did play a lot of games for Washington, or for Washington, for St. Louis. I keep... The Los Angeles Rams. Yes, before they got good. <laughs> before Jared Goff started figuring things out, Case Keenum was pretty solid at times. Um, of course, Goff hurt a bit last year, too. Case Keenum got extensive playing time last year, and 
Yeah, he was okay. Ended up getting a job here, and now he's really making the most of it and starting to see a little bit of that Houston Case Keenum, the guy that, believe it or not, was not drafted. Still can't believe that. Um, and I kept thinking that, too. As you're watching this and you're seeing Case Keenum be the gunslinger he is. Uh, he is a gunslinger, without a doubt. Um, you're seeing him really show what he can do out there. Um I mean, you're just amazed. You, you figure if Christian Ponder can go in the first round, you would think the Vikings could have taken Case Keenum in the second or third round sometime at some point during the draft <laughs> when he was available. Yet, ultimately, he wasn't uh, drafted by anybody. And, it, and it's just amazing when you consider that. You just sit down and think for a minute and, and just look at the big picture. I mean, you know, Christian Ponder, no special skills. Case Keenum, there are special skills. He's not... A franchise quarterback to me, but then again, at times he is. Uh, the interceptions later on, though, told me that he's not a franchise quarterback. <laughs> and you want to go back and forth with this. He right now, when you add everything together, 11 touchdowns and five interceptions on the season. Spectacular numbers today. Almost 2,000 yards in eight games. So he's on pace for 4,000 yards and, hmm, well... About 23, 24 uh, touchdowns, depending on how things go, because it's not exactly a half season for him, because Bradford did get a game and a half along the way. So he's on pace for 20-some touchdowns. Uh, so, I mean, still, though, you're seeing the gunslinger. You're seeing the special skills with the deep pass. He does have a deep ball, and he's accurate up close, that type of thing. Sometimes he's a little bit inaccurate, uh, and the decision-making is questionable. But, geez, I mean, the guy absolutely should have been drafted. I mean... When you look at the garbage that gets drafted, including Christian Ponder, who isn't even in the NFL right now. I, I, I mean, so many quarterbacks get drafted high. The blue chip bust, you could go on forever. And you look at Case Keenum and it's like, geez, you just, you just keep coming back. This guy wasn't drafted. Huh. And yes, it took a while for him to get this good in the NFL level, at the NFL level, pardon me. But still, I mean, obviously there are special skills there. But then that's but you still come back and say, Teddy Bridgewater has special skills. Because he does. Uh, extremely accurate. And he was held back by a conservative-style offense in his first two years. Not that they were making a bad decision. They were trying to kind of give him the baby steps forward type of approach. Whereas, again, coming into last season, Teddy Bridgewater, the talk is that the, well, the <laughs> they would have turned him loose. They would have given him more of the green light. And Teddy more than likely will get the green light. And, of course, you have a more Teddy Bridgewater-friendly type of offense coming around. And you are seeing deep passes from Pat Shermer's offense with Case Keenum in there. And you'll see a bit of that, I think, from Teddy as well. It's not going to be as conservative as it was under Norv Turner. Yet at the, and at the same time, there will be plays that will give the quarterback time to get rid of the ball uh, quicker. Well, there's, it's set up so the quarterback will get rid of the ball quicker, regardless of how good the offensive line is. And you come back to the offensive line again at the end of the day, for better or worse, and it has been for better. I mean, right now, you sit down and you try to think about who's the most valuable player for this team this season. Is it Adam Thielen, who's been spectacular? Is it Stefan Diggs? Probably not, because he's oft injured, and it just drives you crazy. And then he gets a little too full of himself sometimes with the celebrations. You might want to watch it. Uh, the leapfrog thing is a little bit interesting. The duck, duck, duck thing is interesting. And Adam Thielen is, seems like a kind of a quiet guy, but on the field, he's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun to watch. Um, 
But it's like, you know, in Everson Griffin, he's like the defensive, he might be defensive player of the year. And even he wasn't available today. The Vikings still, well, good enough defensively. Not the best game they've ever had, but good enough, I guess, at the end of the day, because the offense was downright spectacular. Um, but you come back, who really is the MVP of this team? And it's like, you look at it, you sit down, you think, and, you know, it just might be Riley Reef. Yeah. Yep, you, you heard that, and yeah, I you know, right now, if I were to sit down and give a big, juicy Purple Mafia MVP award for the season, I, I think it's him, because look at the difference this is making. Um, you know, you'd say Case Keenum for this and that, but then you have these horse bleep games like in Pittsburgh, and, and you know, in moments, the couple interceptions today were horse crap, especially the second one. What the, what the hell was that, that? You know, but even the first one he threw... Uh, Late in the third quarter, it's just kind of left you like, what? Did he really try to force that? Why? Like, why? Why were you trying to force that? You put the Vikings up 35-7, to and after making deep passes down the field, you get a nice little screen pass to Jerry's right, who I just adore, that guy. And he deserves to be on the field, without a doubt. Um, he's not this can't-miss stud, but he deserves to be on the field. Obviously, Adam Thielen... Earned, earned his position, like like what, you know, say Jarius Wright would be the main slot guy. Adam Thielen has earned top snaps in this league. Um, and I'm going to talk about his gloves, too, because I think they're helping a lot. And it's not just because they look kind of cool or they, they're, they're this or that. They're, they're bright. I'll get back to that in a second. But, I mean, I do think Jarius Wright does deserve to play. Um, you put the the Vikings up 35-17, to 17, then you start making dumb plays. Anderson Dejo, who, again, you know, he's much maligned for this and that because he's so mediocre, but then he makes a spectacular play, knocking the ball out of uh, Crowder's hands, who also had a touchdown along the way. Surprise, surprise. Um, knocks the ball out of the guy's hands, though, and they have to settle for a chip shot field goal, and that really helps the Vikings there. Keeps them up 35-20, to 20, but, of course, things would continue in a negative direction thanks to Keenum's stupid couple passes there back-to-back interceptions again which leave you just stunned like did this really happen or what the bleep was this uh luckily the vikings would force a turnover save the day along the way force a fumble but geez i mean case keenum's interception though was just stupid and that again makes you think of uh well you know that's the difference between uh case keenum even though he has special skills and a teddy bridgewater potentially could be that franchise quarterback Keenum right now, you got to go with the horse that brung you for now. But again, if you continue to see stupid plays like that, I got to think number five has got to start warming up on the sidelines. And I don't know, if this game could have stayed a blowout, maybe Teddy could have got his feet wet a little bit. Maybe got little, got little, got a little of those, those, those uh, jitters out of him today. That would have been nice. But unfortunately, the Vikings didn't stay ahead, thanks to some of the poor decision-making and not the best defense of all time down the stretch. But I think it's more the poor decision-making on those two interceptions. I mean, that put the freaking Redskins right back in the game, and it was quite heartbreaking. Some of the calls along the way, not the best. I mean, but of course, you're not going to get every call. Uh, the Redskins didn't get every call they may have wanted either. Um, the goal line touchdown for Kirk Cousins. Well, you know what? It, it, it was a touchdown. Whatever. You know, and it's a close enough, that type of thing. Uh, Kai Forbath making a 53-yarder was just cold-blooded and awesome. And that was that would end up being the dagger, thank God, because I put the Vikings up by 11. I love Kai Forbath. I, I really do. I mean, the guy makes his kicks. It's just the dog on extra points that drive you absolutely nuts, but he made him today. Uh, Kai Forbath is 
absolutely very deserving of an NFL job long term. I like Kai Florbath very much. Just keep making those extra points. And luckily, he's a little over 50% now because he made them all today. And he was tested quite a bit with the extra points along the way today. As was Nick Rose, who made everything today as well. He was not a full-time, he was not the full-time kicker this season for the uh, Washington Redskins. And he's making the most of his job along the way, as did uh, the young man at the beginning of the game. That was Maurice Harris. Made that great play at the very beginning. Awesome uh, play. Nice to see David Morgan get his first NFL touchdown also. First NFL touchdown for David Morgan. First interception, interception pardon me, for McKenzie Alexander. And that was wonderful. Um, you know, in those tight plays in the, in the red zone, I think those golden gloves for uh, Adam Thielen help. I mean, it's a target. And I do think that's the mentality. Maybe he's already said it a million times, but I mean, I'm interpreting that way as uh, regardless if he's saying it or not. Those gold gloves by Adam Thielen, they're a target. And I think it's nice. It's a target because the defense isn't going to need to, it doesn't really create a target for the defense as much as it does for the guy throwing the ball, the quarterback. They're like markers, like say a doctor needing markers when they're putting something in a human body, like a implant device whatever it is you need markers you so they know where the damn thing is when it's inside the artery or this or that so and i know it's not important but you are trying to make a surgical pass sometimes through the defense and when you have markers this hand is here that hand is there and you throw it in between those markers well there you go and i think that's kind of partially what's going on with the gloves obviously and i think it's cool i think it's smart um you don't hear it talked about ever so I, I don't know. That just kind of came to my head today. Maybe it has nothing to do with anything, but I see it that way. And I think it's helpful. That might sound goofy, but I think it is helpful. Uh, regardless if a quarterback has the vision of a freaking eagle anyway, and it doesn't need to be a problem, but maybe not every quarterback does. <sighs> with that said, nice win for the Vikings, I guess. Uh, you end up screwing around, almost giving it away for a little while there. And I don't know how you do that. I mean, like, go for hockey this weekend. They gave up a three-goal lead, and they gave up a four-goal lead. Like, how do you do that? Luckily, the Gophers hung on and won in the shootout after giving up a 4 nothing lead to the Michigan Wolverines on the road. Road game or not, I mean, you don't give up four-goal leads. You just don't do that. That's ridiculous, man. And that's what this game made me think of today. Uh, the Vikings give, almost giving up that big of a lead, 35-17. to 17. You, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. you you got to close him out. I know watching his offense is awesome, and, and, and it really is. But, I mean, obviously their defense is beatable, and obviously the damage had already been done. So just, like, don't, don't make off-balance throws into coverage trying to force a play to Kyle Rudolph. I mean, what was that? And the second one, I, I don't even understand. That's the kind of mistake you make when you're, like, young, like a kid. You know, what are you doing? I mean, he threw it right into the... I mean, you see where the cornerback is. He didn't have to make much of a move to interrupt that passing lane. I mean, uh, Lord, that was... Uh, hmm, those were a couple of horse crap plays. But aside of that, he had an awesome game, did uh, Mr. <laughs> Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, right? Swearinger, yep, that was the guy who got the interceptions. But um, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, wonderful play today by uh, Mr. Uh, Case Keenum overall. Uh, fun, fun, fun game to watch. Fun way to uh, kind of take over and continue to hold on to the division lead 
interesting to see a certain team finally win their first game without uh, a certain quarterback. We'll talk about that in the second segment. Uh, maybe kind of a weird game review today, but it's to be expected. I'm kind of in a weird mood. I feel odd, but I mean, I'm always in a weird mood, but I'm in a different weird mood. I'm in a different weird mood every time I do this show, I think. Uh, pardon me, if it seems that way. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, same old story. He didn't even get a catch today. He was thrown two once, and, well, eh. I, I, running game didn't get established too much today, but it was okay. And Latavius Murray ended up leading the Vikings on the ground, and that, that was okay. He had an overall solid, consistent day on the ground, and he helped run the clock late. Thank God. Jarek McKinnon, meh, not his best game, but not his worst game. You know, I mean... I don't know. Um, Lat- Latavius Murray looked like a starting running back today and I very much appreciated. Four point, for literally four yards to carry along the way, 68 yards, and of course did get in the end zone when needed on the goal line early in the game, and it helped get this offense going in the right direction and really appreciate what Latavius Murray has brought to this club this season. <clears throat> Kai Forbath made everything today. Five extra points, and that 53-yarder, love what Kai Forbath brought. Uh, Nick Rose also, for your fantasy footballers out there, didn't miss anything either. 12 official points for that son of a gun. Three field goals, including a 55-yarder, which was a career high for the young guy. Just getting started there. Um, (laughs) God bless him, Hoven, for the best there. Of course, Mr. Uh, Kirk Cousins did not have his best game today. He threw an interception. Again, like I said a thousand times already to uh, Alexander, it was just a, uh, you know, it wasn't a smart pass either. Just overthrew it. Not the best thing you ever saw. He had only one touchdown, one interception. Quarterback rating, 78.7. Case Keenum's quarterback rating was was perfect until those interceptions wound up with 117. 304 official yards. The 72%, well, almost 73 completion percentage. Again, four touchdowns. Career high. Two interceptions, well, luckily that's not a career high, but still annoying a little bit. Helped get the Redskins back in the game. I'm rehashing things already. So let's get to the end here. Let's get to the awards. The Fran Tarkington Award for today. You know, it was Case Keenum with a bullet, and it was. I'm going to give it to Adam Thielen. I mean, you know, it's Case Keenum, and then it's not Case Keenum. It's... And it's definitely not going to be Stefan Diggs. Um, You know, uh, that stupid penalty, which gave the Redskins good field position. Like, don't do that. I I know you're happy you got your touchdown, but there was no point to do that. You weren't helping anybody at all on the planet by doing that. Just don't do it. Just, Just stop, please. Stop it! Stop it! Thank you, Michael Savage. Yes, I agree. Michael Savage, Savage Nation. And if you don't like it, too bad, right? <laughs> Adam Thielen, 166 yards, 8 catches, targeted 12 times. Some of the passes not the best ever along the way. Some of them throwaways or uh, one of them was catchable and he dropped it. That was heartbreaking, but, eh, you know. Keenum should have been the Targeton Award winner today, but it's going to go to Thielen. He was just beautiful, was awesome along the way. The Christian Ponder Memorial. Those two passes by Keenum are Christian Ponder-like, I guess. Uh, And the uh, penalty by Diggs is Christian Ponder-like. So I'm going to give the awards to that. Those two guys in that sense. Now they had great games today. But just those two, those three plays. The two interceptions by Keenum and the Diggs penalty. That's the Christian Ponder memorial. It's not going to go to an individual player. It's going to go to three individual plays by two guys. Damn it. Don't do that. Ugh. Vikings offensive line gets a huge hand. I mean, you know, 
Remember last year when Sam Bradford got the live and bleep kicked out of him and he fumbled down the stretch? He had that he had to throw the ball away on the final play of the game. We were cursing our heads off at the TV. We wanted to throw bricks at the television last year in that freaking game. Hard to believe we're right back in Washington again this year. Um, different president this time. Wink, wink. Uh, and it, just look at the difference. No sacks. Zip, zilch. Not even one sack. I mean, offensive line. No sacks. No sacks given up by the offensive line today. Wow. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, what, what a difference. What a difference, man. I mean, it's not even close. So huge, huge uh, honorable mention to all of you, Riley Reef and others. Riley Reef, though, MVP of the team so far because of just look at the difference for this club this year. You don't get this feeling like the quarterback's going to get killed. You get the feeling like the quarterback's going to get protected. I mean, and not every game is going to be perfect or going to be great. But you have a chance. And the Vikings are a legitimate 7-2. and two. We're not sitting here 5-5 five and five, hoping to still survive. You know, that type of thing. Five-game win streak, just like last year's season opener. Now we're getting it going at this stage. So there it is. You get it. I'm taking this long. Let's get to segment number two, NFC North, a little bit of NFL, and, of course, previewing the following week. Purple Mafia, segment number two. We're going to look at things and preview the Los Angeles Rams coming to U.S. Bank Stadium for the first time as the Los Angeles Rams and a very different version of the Los Angeles Rams compared to even Case Keenum's club last year. Similar players and everything, but oh boy. Whew, just a little more dangerous. Just a, just a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't have been too afraid of Case Keenum last season, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll be afraid of him now. That's going to be interesting. Uh, parallels going on with that one. Yeah, uh, let's look at the playoff picture, eh? Just for a moment here. And uh, the AFC, pardon me, at the moment, the Pittsburgh bleeping Steve, you know, NFL's weird, would be uh, number one in the AFC right now, seven and two. New England, six and two. They're just jo- getting on the field to play a team they played in the AFC title game about three times the last five years or so. They are in Denver, which is usually a loss for the Patriots, at least in the playoffs it was, damn it, which pissed me off because we all know how I feel about the Patriots. I like them. And, I don't know. And uh, we know about how Mr. Uh, <laughs> Gerald Zring, just awesome guy from Nebraska. Good friend met from here in Purple Mafia. I mean, this show has brought me some amazing people. I mean, I could name you guys a million times, and it wouldn't give you justice. You know, just amazing people. Uh, some fine patriots that love this country. You know, just love you guys. Um, he, that's his second favorite team. He calls them the Donkeys because it's, a, you know, just, just just a nickname. And the Patriots, the Pats, whatever you want to call them, that's my second favorite team. And, no, we're not sitting here buying merchandise for these clubs. And, you know, and, like, we spend, like, half of our Sunday watching that team. Not necessarily. It's just, you know, you just have a team, and particularly in the other conference, that type of thing, and you hope you never have to meet them in the Super Bowl, and then the relationship will be over very quickly. Uh, like, I used to like the New Orleans Saints. Like, Think about that one. Wrap your head around that. Can you imagine me liking the Saints? I used to like them a lot. Yeah, the Saints. I hate the freaking Saints so much, you won't even know why. I mean, yeah, I mean, you do know why, but I mean, you won't understand just how much I hate them. Ugh, 
But then again, maybe you would after watching the NFC title game in 2009. Pittsburgh Steelers to the point. Number one in the AFC. Number two, the Patriots. They win tonight. Well, they're 7-2 and two also in, in good shape. Let's move on. Wild card game would be hosted by the Chiefs. They're the top wild card team. Number three, they would host the Buffalo Bills. The Jacksonville Jaguars would go on the road to Tennessee. Very cool to see the Jaguars in the playoff picture. Tennessee in the playoff picture. Uh, just kind of hanging on to their division lead at the moment at 6-3. and three. The Chiefs, how the mighty have, well, not completely fallen, but they're not as good as they were. Let's keep moving. Monday night, football, Carolina and Miami. Eh, well, Carolina is kind of dangerous right now in the NFC. We'll look at that playoff picture. No, might as well. Just look at it now. Philadelphia, number one, eight and one. They are rolling. Vikings, seven and two. New Orleans Saints. The Vikings right now do have the bye because, well, we beat the Saints in the season opener, so good. Maybe this time if there's a NFC title game with the Vikings and Saints, yeah, we would get revenge. But then again, at the moment, if we were to play the Saints in the playoffs, it would be in the second round. And I hope the Vikings would take uh, take them out. That would be very useful. Uh, the, the Saints would host the Carolina Hurricanes. No, the Carolina Panthers, believe it or not. And Seattle would go on the road to Los Angeles, which I think the Rams would win. And the Saints probably would beat Carolina. So that means the Saints would be coming to Minnesota and the Rams would be visiting Philadelphia. Cool. Well, okay, let's get on with it. Uh, okay, the Saints just... Wow. Um, well, Seattle on Thursday crushed uh, Arizona. And, um, well, they didn't crush them. They barely beat them. And a certain guy who talks too much has a big mouth. Well, you know, I'm not Mr. Karma's a bitch, all that kind of stuff. But, I don't know, he tore his Achilles tendon. Let's just leave it at that. I'm not going to say much else, necessarily. I'm not rooting for somebody's injury, but I'm certainly not rooting for the Seattle Seahawks' success either. Um, I don't like... Richard Sherman at all. He talks too much. I think he's just an ass. And I think a lot of NFL players today are an ass. Um, you can fill in the blank as to why. You can fill in the blank as to why the ratings have been down, the tenants has been down, this and that. And yeah, I mean, you fill in the blank as to why. And it's a lot of this bitter attitude that just, I don't think is good. I, I don't think it's good for anything. Don't bring a bitter attitude to anything. And yeah. I don't know. Let's, I'll leave it. You, you get the point. You can read between the lines there. Disagree if you want. That's fine. New Orleans Saints crushed Buffalo 47-10. to 10. Jeez. Um, you know, Buffalo is a decent team. They'd be a playoff team, and they hosted the Saints. Hosted the Saints 47-10. to 10. Yeah, they hosted the Saints 47-10. to 10. I mean, okay. I'm a little worried about the Saints right now. Just a little. Uh, we'll leave the Cleveland, Detroit, and of course Chicago and Green Bay games alone for the moment. Tennessee beat Cincinnati just barely. Tennessee's kind of in trouble because of, well, Mariota's not been playing. So their playoff hopes may soon fall off the face of the earth. Pardon me with the chair making noise. That's a no-no in radio, but I guess I made noise. Um, DeMarco Murray's still good. Joe Mixon and all that. We'll be talking about Joe Mixon at some point down the road and the Vikings do play the Cincinnati Bengals, and Mariota did come back today, but was not very good against a decent Cincinnati defense, blah, blah, blah. Um, Tennessee still hanging on to their AFC South division lead at the moment. Cincinnati's playoff hopes fading fast and whatever. Will they finally fire uh, Mr. Uh, Marvin Lewis? I, I don't know. I mean, if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't, I guess. We're at that kind of point right now. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be a Bengals fan. That team can't win a playoff game for their life. Pittsburgh just barely beat the Colts today. Just barely. And yet they're the number one seed in the AFC. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, they're not that good. Uh, Pittsburgh is not going to go to the Super Bowl. And if they do, well, I hope the Vikings take, get, get revenge on the Week 2 game. If the Vikings are there, that would be great. Um, I don't know. Pittsburgh just... You know, I mean, Andrew Luck hasn't been playing all season, and they barely beat him. It's just whatever. Uh, J- Jacoby Brissett is better than what they've had before, sure, but he's not that good. Yeah, and there's another team that's got a guy out for the season, too. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Of course, during the bye week, things happened. Um, Rodney Adams was released, but luckily the Vikings were able to get him back on the practice squad. So, fifth-round pick down to the practice squad. Ouch, and... uh Willie Beavers is coming back also. That's kind of funny. Um, that is kind of funny. Willie Beavers from the New England Patriots. How about that? Uh, Bronson Hill. Bronson Hill's another guy who uh, they actually let him go. So a couple of transactions in the in the during the week. So yeah, but um, Ronnie Adams is, is a notable though getting uh, because he's just been a complete non-factor. Stacy Coley at least somewhat factors in. But uh, we'll continue here. The Tampa Bay Bucks, 15. The New York Jets, 10. Need I say more? No. Who, you know, it's just neither one is going to make it. They both stink right now. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay is going to win the AFC this year, though, right? Right? Tampa Bay is going to win the AFC, the NFC. They're going to win it. Not. Jacksonville, 20-17 to 17 over the Chargers in overtime. Wow. Good thing they don't award points like they do in hockey because it's well. But then again, I guess the Chargers, you know, I mean, they, they maybe they deserved it hanging in there with the improved uh, Los Angeles Chargers team. Houston Texans only managed seven points against the Los Angeles Rams because, well, Tom Savage is quarterback again because a guy by the name of uh, Desha- Deshaun Watson out for the season, ACL in practice. We're talking about practice, man. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Um, and I'm not trying to be funny. It's just not a game. We're talking about practice. Kind of like poor Teddy. Um, thank God he's back active in uniform again. Deshaun Watson, they expect a full recovery, this and that. I don't think it's as devastating as Teddy's injury because um, very few are. But still, sad because Houston was doing okay. There was a chance. And now, I mean, what's up with all these young stars getting hurt like before they barely get their feet wet? I mean, freaking Delvin Cook. You know, do you remember Delvin Cook was the starting running back for the Vikings this year? I mean, we barely remember him because of how quick it happened. And it's just, and he was so freaking promising. And you keep coming you back and thinking about as good as we are with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon's got that quirkiness who can just bust one loose. And Murray's just rock solid. But then you had Delvin Cook. I mean, you had Delvin Bleepin' Cook, who might have led the NFL in rushing as a rookie. I mean, he was that good. I mean, he was just amazing. And in total, total yards, he might have been the guy. I mean, you know, the receiving and, and, and rushing. Out for the season, ACL. Yes, it's old news now, but, ah, oh, man. And the team we're going to play next week. Well, we'll come back to that in a moment. That's supposed to be the last one. They look freaking amazing. And, yeah, but Houston hasn't been amazing because... Watts out for the year with that back situation. And, of course, ACL for Watson. Watt and Watson. Yep. Atlanta not looking. Well, Atlanta does look good. Dallas doesn't. 27-7. to 7. This has a little NFC implications. Neither one of them in the playoffs at the moment, but Atlanta's right back in the mix. Believe it or not, I mean, it's hard to believe Dallas is only 5-4. and four. This could have been a huge thing right now. That uh, This may have been the, AF, the NFC title game last year. A lot of people probably thought it was going to be. Um Atlanta taking care of business. They're five and four, so they're back about five hundred. And Dallas has thrown down two five and four, 
Atlanta obviously would have the tiebreaker because they just beat them. Um, tough loss for Dallas, 27-7. to That's a good, good old-fashioned ass-kicking, and Dallas clearly not the same team they were last year, and if the Vikings played them in the playoffs, Vikings would win. I mean, Dallas' defense isn't impressing anybody, and Dak Prescott has come back to earth in a big way. No touchdowns, no interceptions, just very average, and he fumbled the ball twice. Matt Ryan is good, not as good as last year, that type of thing. Both of these teams, I think the Vikings could beat them. I mean, Atlanta's defense has not been good. Their offense is dangerous, but uh, whatever. We'll just kind of let that thing uh, go as is at this point. Significant win, though, um, putting Dallas down there. San Francisco won their first game, and everybody picked this, actually. San Francisco over New York. Congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers. And yes, there was one other major notable that took place during the bye week. Mr. Garoppolo, that's right, Garoppolo, is now a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and he did not even play today because he's not ready. Uh, C.J. Beathard had a great game, believe it or not. He completed almost, he got almost 300 yards. He threw an interception, shocker, but quarterback rating 123.4, two, inter- uh, two touchdowns, pardon me. Um, Eli Manning. Good numbers and all, but the defense stinks and didn't get the job done and guys were not healthy, this and that. Obviously, it doesn't help having Beckham out for the season. Just another guy out for the year. Um, so, San Francisco with their first win of the season. Congratulations, 31-21. and 21. 49ers right now would pick second in the draft. Cleveland will remain at the top of the draft as they lost to Detroit today. They led, they led all the way into the fourth quarter. Kind of like how they scared the Vikings a little bit, and then the Detroit Lions pulled away, just like the Vikings did last week or two weeks ago in Britain. Yes, and we will be hearing from, we will hear the return of Matt Martin's Mad Takes to open up segment number three. God, can't wait to hear that. Love that guy. Cleveland is down to 0-9. 0-9, they're trying to be 0-16, and they were beat by the last team that went 0-16. In fact, the only team. Um, Bucks went 0-14 in the 70s in their opening season. Horrible start to their... Uh, franchise, and they stayed awful forever until the late 90s when a guy by the name of uh, never heard of him, uh, Tony Dungy, some guy named Tony Dungy I heard he played for the Gophers at one point eh, whoever whoever that is, right <laughs> well yeah, he kind of took over that team and did a hell of a job and yeah, whatever, I hate the Bucks, but I guess I kind of like him now a little bit freaking Matthew Stafford damn it Damn it, Cleveland is winning this game. And Matthew Stafford said, oh, i got to throw three touchdown passes because I haven't thrown any yet. And he did, and the freaking Detroit Lions win the game 38-24. to 38-24, to classic Cleveland, just let it go pretty much. Three touchdown passes for Mr. Matthew Stafford in the final 16 minutes or so of the game. Yeah, well, they didn't happen in the final 16 minutes, but it was during that time. Um, they happened in the final 12, or they happened in about a 12-minute span there. Damn it. Detroit just dominant during a 12-minute span after just screwing around, just doing nothing. But, well, final score is what matters most, and boy, it mattered all right. Frick. Frickin' Detroit. Well, they're still alive. Staying alive, staying alive, because Green Bay couldn't get the job done last week. You kind of wish they did. But now they got the job done this week over the Bears. Five to f- five and four Detroit. Still two games behind, so... Got to win that freaking Thanksgiving game, though. That's all I got to say there. Yeah, the Packers. God, the Packers got their first win without Aaron Rodgers, Airhead Rodgers. And I got to say this. I, I'm going to say something, just like uh, Jerry Burns would say. You know, you know, 
The pack, they're five and four. Damn, that's kind of weird when you think about it. They beat the Bears. They're down to three and six. Twenty-three to sixteen. Freaking uh, Mister Brett Brett Hundley with his first uh, win as the Packers quarterback. He threw a touchdown pass. Believe it or not, right? He was adequate in the game. Jamal Williams, that's a familiar name. Uh, uh, Sixty-seven yards on the ground. Good for him. Devontae Adams, very good in the game. Ninety yards. And they helped beat that Bears defense, which was a little bit better. But, hmm, not good enough today. It had been better. Um, but the Bears offense overall, just nothing spectacular. But Mitchell Trubisky did manage to get 300 yards, if you can believe that. Just under 300, 297. But luckily, well, and luckily no turnovers either. So kind of nice to see the two young guys do a fairly good job today. Neither one of them had a turnover. So good on them. Uh, Green Bay defense slightly better than Chicago's today, and that's about it. But I'm going to say something about Aaron Rodgers quick. You know, you know, it, it's like you look at the, the generational differences and all that. Like, say, a Joe Montana, right? You know, like how certain quarterbacks, you know, there's this ego and this and that. This guy probably has an ego. That one has an ego, this and that. Joe Montana, though, I mean, did you ever really get a huge, was he really ever like an egotistical guy that you hated? Or was he just good and you didn't like to see them win all the time, the 49ers? I mean, he would lighten up the mood. He he kept his team kind of smiling, laughing, chuckling about stuff, like looking at the big uh, heavy set guy in the stands, this and that. And then you get guys like Aaron Rodgers. Every time a guy drops a pass, or this or that, he has them on eggshells because he gives them a huge attitude. He, he calls them out. He throws them under the bus. Which Who would you rather play for? You know, they're both great quarterbacks. They've both got a, a ring, at least. Joe's got only three more than Aaron. But it's just still. Aaron Rodgers could have been the 49ers quarterback. So this is nothing because he's just a Green Bay quarterback, so I'm going to be I have a childish little rant on the guy. But no, it's like you sit down and think about this for a minute, and it's just something that kind of came in my head. You know, there's a reason, There, you know, I mean, it's not like necessarily the reason why Green Bay only has one Super Bowl, but I can't imagine it helps the cause. There's a reason why certain guys might drop a pass here and there at the last second or this or that or blow this play or this or that because the guy has them on eggshells. Joe Montana was so laid back and friendly to his team. Aaron Rodgers has guys uh, walking on eggshells at times. I mean, the guy is such an all-time jerk. He, he, he really is. Regardless of what team, he, he could be the Patriots quarterback, and I'd still call him that because he, he just is. You know, I mean, Brady isn't like that. Maybe a little bit once in a while, but he, he's not he's not a guy who just calls his teammates out and throws them under the bus, where Rodgers has always been that way. So, Okay. At least he embarrasses them, you know, and makes it obvious that he's, like, giving them a hard time. Okay, rant over, whatever. I, I don't need to go on it too much. Um, <laughs> I know, I, I just had to say it. But Green Bay, congratulations on their win, I guess. Damn it, they're 5-4, and four, which is kind of funny in case that jackass comes back just in time to get them back in position. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams. I've been ranting and raving about them all season there really good. I mean, they're really good. Their defense is good. Their offense is good. They pounded the uh, Houston Texans into uh, submission today, 33-7. to I mean, this is the kind of score you've been seeing from the Rams all season. They're just uh, they're remarkable, aren't they? I mean, they're really something. Jeez. Jared Goff completes passes. Uh, 125 quarterback, uh, quarterback rating today. Just Unbelievable. Tom Savage was mediocre at best, threw a couple interceptions and fumbled the ball twice. The Rams forcing turnovers, four turnovers in Tom Savage today. 
Todd Gurley, I remember he was a threat coming in a couple of years ago when the Vikings played the, uh, I believe they were still St. Louis. It was their final year in St. Louis, if I remember correctly, last year. I think so, or two years ago, pardon me. Gurley's a multi-threat. Uh, he had a crappy season last year, but kind of everybody did for the Rams. Uh, Gurley, overall, man, the guy's something. He, he really is uh, second in receiving today and then rushing 68 yards, receiving 68 yards. So an overall funny day. Uh, funny numbers there when you put it together. Um, didn't get in the end zone, did caught Todd Gurley, but it definitely led the way uh, in uh, offensive numbers in that sense. Robert Woods is a guy to worry about. 171 yards. Adam Thielen-like numbers, right? Two touchdowns for Robert Woods, Bob Woods, whatever you want to call him. Good players uh, all over this Rams team. Um, just impressive. All the way impressive. Woods, like, not, not a spectacular player necessarily, but he had a great game today. He's never actually broke the 1,000-yard mark, if you can believe that, but still, I mean, a, a big game today. Hopefully the Vikings don't have to worry about it too much. Sammy Watkins is a name you got to worry about a little bit more, i got to think, than that. Uh, Todd Gurley, again, overall guy. He's got about 700, well, he's got more than that. He's got over 700 yards on the ground now. Uh, a couple of years ago was, was really good as a rookie. Receiving yards, well, he's already, like, reached a career high this year. But, of course, see, before that, didn't have much going on because Keenum, Keenum, I mean, just the whole vibe of the team. Keenum wasn't as good, but the guys around him weren't as good either at the time. This year, just a totally different vibe. And, of course, the defense is awesome for the Los Angeles Rams. Overall, the ninth best uh, defense in the NFL. The Vikings are actually third in yards a game. The uh, Rams, ninth in yards allowed total. Um, the rush defense, they allow 121 a game. The pass defense, 205. So kind of, you know, they're all in the top 10 range defensively are the Los Angeles Rams. They're not in the top five or anything necessarily, but they've certainly held their own for the most part defensively during the season. That That's, well, impressive. It really is, <laughs> to be quite honest. And they get the turnovers. That's a huge thing, of course. If you're a, well, if you're going to be playing the Rams at some point, they have 10 interceptions on the season. That's a big deal. Forced fumbles. Yeah, they're freaking fifth in the league. So it's the turnovers you really got to read about with the Los Angeles Rams, just like they did today. I mean, it wasn't just today. And ironically, Greg Williams is no longer their uh, defensive coordinator like he was a couple of years ago when uh, Jeff Fisher was still in charge. Isn't that ironic? Because obviously the, forced tur- the, the turnovers and all that, um, they've really done a great job in the turnover category. Again, they have 10 interceptions on the season, which is tied for third, I guess. I mean, it's officially has them fifth, but then again, yeah, no. They're tied for third total because, uh, well, Baltimore's got the most, and Vikings didn't have to worry too much about that. The Rams have forced nine fumbles during the season, but again, a lot more today added up. In fact, right now, actually, they're pretty much tops in the league in forced turnovers at this stage. 19 turnovers forced during the course of the season uh, before even today's game. And then Tom Savage had four on his own. So that puts them at 23, which, yeah, they're right at the top in the NFL in forced turnovers. So that's what you got to worry about coming in. Luckily, the Vikings play at home. Case Keenum's going against his former club, so he has an idea what's going on over there in Los Angeles. But at the same time, I mean, whew. I mean, you got a lot of guys to worry about, obviously, Aaron Donald is one of the best players in the league. I mean, he is just awesome. He's got four sacks on the year, but there's more to more to Aaron Donald than just sacks. Uh, the guy just gets the job done, gets the big tackles and all that. 
and he's forced a couple of fumbles during the season. He helped again today as well. He has just been a stud throughout his career. Vikings wanted him at one point, but of course the Rams reached on him in 2014 and took him. I mean, a lot of us were hoping he'd slip and the Vikings could uh, trade up and get him. A lot of us liked him. We didn't think he'd go as high as he did, but, well, he went as high as he did. And that's kind of what happened during the course of that draft. Um, this team has really put things together in a good way, and it's uh, it's a little scary, a little scary. Robert Woods is leading the team in receiving, but 451 yards. It's not the most spectacular number. They really, really spread the ball around with Sammy Watkins, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, and others. Of course, you're, uh, Todd Gurley, the obvious leader in running. And Tavon Austin's still there. That's a guy that's, well, he certainly didn't live up to the hype coming into that draft. And the Rams overreached on him, and that wasn't a good one. Wasn't a good move uh, so far, but uh, Jared Goff, only four interceptions on the season. That's awesome. Uh, 13 touchdowns, so looking more and more like that franchise quarterback that the Rams were hoping to get a couple times in the past. Um, man, um, and they also, you know, and defensively, so many guys have about four sacks, three sacks, this and that. Nobody's dominant, but it's so many different guys that have been factors. That's what you got to worry about. Matt, Matt, Longisher and, and, and others. Uh, Morgan Fox has been a factor. Robert Quinn, that's a name a lot of us have heard time and time again. Uh, Connor, Bar Connor Barwin, pardon me. Uh, so, I mean, you got you got a threat, definitely, with this uh, Los Angeles defense and a quarterback that, uh, in case Keenum, that you hope can get the job done. I mean, you got so many guys with multiple interceptions along the way. Tremaine Johnson with two... Uh, Nick Coleman with two, LaMarcus Joyner with two, and of course Mark Barron, if I didn't mention. So, yeah, I hope Case Keenan can protect the football. That's obviously a huge key in this game, and that's when you're playing the Rams. I mean, you just hope to pray to God you can protect the football. They force the most turnovers. Their offense is solid. Their defense has just been phenomenal. They don't allow a whole lot of points, and this team just managed to put points on the board with uh, pick sixes as well along the way. That's a huge fear coming in. I'm praying to God the Vikings win this game. I think it helps that we're at home. And I don't know. I mean, I, our offense has been so impressive this year. That's where the hope comes in that the Vikings can get the job done. Um, it really, you know, I mean, this Rams team is just, it, it scares me. I, I, I don't even know where to go. I mean, I need to get on with this. I'm actually dragging this longer than I would like. So far, the Rams have lost to Washington and Seattle, both lower-scoring games. But, gosh, they've scored so many points this year. They had to come shootouts along the way to Arizona, 33 to nothing. That's funny. The Giants, that's, well, they played two cream puffs, the Giants and Houston. Houston became a cream puff with Watson out. This is a big test for two teams here. Both teams are 7-2. and two. Both teams are really good. Both teams have great defenses. Uh, I think Ellie is a slight edge of the quarterback position, i got to think. Obviously, Keenum's having a great year, but he knows the Rams' defense a little bit. Oh, Keenum, you know, he needs to play smarter. I mean, you make mistakes like that, like like he did against Washington today, I think the Vikings are dead. So it's key. I mean, that's how the Vikings would lose the game is Keenum just gets flustered and he makes stupid plays, and that's how the Vikings would lose the game. And, you know, the Rams are going to be gunning for that, and they are just doing a great job. That defense in in uh, Los Angeles has been freaking awesome. Um, the Vikings' keys to winning the game is just kind of, I, I I don't know, I mean, force Jared Goff into mistakes, uh, stop the run like they've been doing. Maybe, I don't know, I mean, it's like, do you want to force Goff to make a play 
I guess. I mean, he's still young. He could still make a mistake down the stretch. But, boy, I mean, this is a, you know, if the Vikings really want to get home field advantage in the playoffs, they got to win this game. Um, this is the kind of, this is a crossroads right here. The Vikings become 8-2 and two and become an elite team in the NFC and are probably going to get a first-round bye. They lose. They're 7-3. and three. The Rams leapfrog them, frog them, and, of course, own the tiebreaker. And it would be a huge step backward. Um, you could see Teddy Bridgewater debut in a game like this, say, if uh, Case Keenum is struggling. And I think if Case Keenum's out there making dumb mistakes, I think you put Teddy in there early. I think you put him in there early, like, say, second quarter, if things are kind of getting getting bad. Teddy Bridgewater will debut and will play. Ah, oh, boy. I'm scared to pick a win here. Um, boy, oh, boy. Mm. Right now, if I'm a betting man and I have, like, no rooting interest in this game, I pick the Rams. I, I'm picking the Rams. I, 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 hopefully I'm jinxing the Rams here, but I got to pick the Rams right now. I mean, their defense forces so many turnovers. Goff doesn't make that many mistakes for as good as he's been. And Gurley's just, you know, he's not spectacular. The reason why the Vikings would win is because of their defense. And um, I mean, the Vikings offense has been good. I think the Rams are beatable, but boy, they look amazing, don't they? Um, the hope is that they're just too young and not ready. That's the hope, and that they make mistakes. Maybe the Vikings force Gurley into a fumble, this and that. Because the Vikings, it's the Vikings defense beating up on a, on a couple of young guys and, and a, well, a bunch of younger guys on that offense. It's the two defenses here. The Vikings defense statistically is a little better in the yardage category, but the Rams defense is better in the turnover category. Boy, oh, well, protect the football, protect the quarterback. The Vikings win the game. Don't protect the football and make mistakes, stupid mistakes. Rams win the game. Oh, boy. Oof. Right now I'm going to pick the Rams. I have to. 27-24, um, to 24, the Rams beat the Minnesota Vikings. They force a couple turnovers in the game. Uh, whatever it is, maybe, maybe a McKinnon fumble, Keenum interception, Teddy Bridgewater in this kind of game, I think would debut. I think he keep the Vikings in it. Make things very interesting. Maybe he leads the Vikings to a late drive and a, and a victory, but right now, the uh, Los Angeles Rams, they win a middle, medium type scoring game, 27-24. Let's wrap things up and come back, and uh, let's hear from Mad Martin. Hey, greetings, Joey. Well, we're into the bye week, so not really much to uh, discuss on the purple front. Interesting to see that New England have shifted Garoppolo to San Francisco. Could be a sound move. Always intrigued by what uh, the Patriots get up to. Anyway, London, it was an enjoyable weekend, and I would suggest to any of the purple out there in the Midwest that there, if there is another game in London with the Vikings, if you can afford it, get over it. It's, uh, it's, it's good. Um, the NFL, to its credit, put on a good day. From 9.30 till 6, we were pretty entertained. Not cheap by any means, but equally well worth it. And... Um, as we suspected, it was going to be an interesting game. Did feel like a trap. And at half time, I'm thinking, oh, great, we're going to drop a game here in London. 
Um, but they, they turned it around in the second half. Keenan certainly upped his game. The offence got the ball moving. And it turned into an enjoyable afternoon. So all good. And if I had a criticism, it was a stadium venue. The seats, man, are they tiny. We're like sort of crushed up together. But other than that, no, really good. On to the previous podcast. The bit that it did intrigue me was about the fact that, you know, a number of people are saying that NFL games aren't particularly competitive, all their crap. I would say be careful what you wish for on that front. Uh, let's take, say, the English Premier League or perhaps even the Scottish League as prime examples of where you don't have a kind of parity policy. Um, you know, you, you look at, say, the EPL, for example, you've got four, maybe five teams that are in the hunt for the championship year in, year out. Other than that, the rest of them are also runs looking to secure perhaps a top five, top six, top seven spot or battling to stay in that division. So in essence, if you're a fan of one of those those also run teams, there's not really a lot to root for other than, oh, yeah, we made six. Oh, yeah, we got seventh place. It's the same old teams year in, year out that have got all the money and can suck up all the talent and leave the rest of the clubs scrapping around for what's left for me it doesn't make it entertaining i'm not a fan of one of those big five clubs so hey why follow soccer i think the nfl and also all the major american sports have got it right parity you know the worst teams get the best draft picks best teams get the lesser draft picks and this is where it comes down to a front office that can draft talent can pick up the essential pieces in free agency and then a coach who can coach those guys up and turn out a winning product. You know, prime example, look at Cleveland. Year on, year out, drafting top five, and what have they achieved? Nothing. The Patriots, year on, year in, pretty much making it to the latter stages of the postseason, so they're drafting low. But they find a way to win because of good coaching and a good front office that knows how to find that talent. So be careful what you wish for. Could you imagine if we went to an English Premier League kind of um, status where the big cities, New York, Chicago, they would have the revenue, they're the big markets, they could sweep in, they could suck up all the talent. And where would that leave the likes of Minnesota and a lot of the other clubs? Basically, we'd be scrapping every year with little chance of probably making even the postseason. So, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's not bad. So anyway, Joe, we move to the bye week so we can all chill and relax and perhaps contemplate the back eight, which are clearly going to show if this is a team that is a legitimate challenger in the postseason. Personally, I think we've got to win five out of those eight games at the very least. And five away games, three home games, it's not going to be easy. But Washington is a must win to maintain momentum on our quest for that elusive Super Bowl. Right, I've said enough. I'm going. Have a good bye week, guys and girls. And skull. Let's enjoy it in the next eight games. And I can't thank you enough for that call, Mad Martin. I mean, you're a superstar. Uh, I, I apologize for not replying 
to uh, to you today on uh, Twitter and all that. I was very busy during the game, and I had to kind of catch up as well on things. So kind of read between the lines there, but um, able to see see everything and uh, able to do a show today despite the difficult scheduling and this and that. But, uh, yeah, um, luckily after this week, things will probably get more simple. Man, that call, I mean, you are absolutely a gold star candidate. I mean, that is just awesome. I mean, so many amazing points there with the the parity of the league and everything and be careful what you wish for. I mean, I couldn't agree more because, well, you know, see, it's like, yes, there's junk, but then, yeah, you don't want to get back to the days of Dallas, San Francisco, every bleeping year in the NFC title game, you know, or something like that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that could happen easily. So, Luckily, the Vikings not in that situation at this stage of being stuck, trapped at, like, we're lucky to be 8-8 eight and eight or something. That type of garbage. So, yeah, that's got to really suck for you in the uh, in the, in the Premier Leagues over there. Um, I'm sure it's, uh, a lot of that happens in the hockey Euro Leagues as well. Just like there's the big bad bully, the big bad... Kind of like the Montreal Canadiens used to be in the National Hockey League and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nobody could beat them because they pretty much owned the NHL. Everybody was there, the money, the revenue, and every team, uh, every player, like, you know, those those teams got basically the first pick all the time. So it was kind of like Toronto and uh, Montreal all the time in the National Hockey League back in the old days. So similar situation there, and uh, that would suck. Um Let's get on with this, though. Yes, uh, get on with what uh, what else Mad Martin had to say. And uh, James Beck, a couple, couple guys there living in that area, the UK and the and all that, Scotland and Ireland, all that. Very cool. Um, Mad Martin says, could not, put it to, could not put it better to myself, but we are seasoned veterans fans at a time. Yep, that's what I was saying. How did I say it? See, because uh, previously he, we were talking about how, like, he really wanted to get that championship, you know, and I, I, I want it so bad, too. He says, our expectations have risen. Let's hope for once they go beyond our expectations. So I want to be in Minneapolis for my birthday, February 5th. And, yeah, got to go meet uh, got to go meet Mad Martin if, if somehow, some way the Vikings do get there and he's here. And, again, that's my, that, that's my mom's birthday, too. Kind of cool. Um, how did I say it? I said it's high times those expectations were met once and for all. It's time to end the drought. And, yep. So, yep, he had a picture there with his buddy there. He says, well, I got him in purple, but he's a Sea Chickens fan to my disgust. Kids these days. Like, oh, no, that's a bummer. And uh, you put me with PA on the mic. Woo, that's Paul Allen and the Purple Mafia show in the same tweet. That's an honor. Thank you very much, Mad Martin. I'm not a big fan of Paul Allen, the radio host, but I am a gigantic fan of Paul Allen, the uh, play-by-play announcer. Um, so, yes, uh, his show is okay. I keep up with it, too, because I have to keep up with local sports. So it's one of those. It's kind of a it's kind of an, a necessity to help keep up with things and such. More of than I, I love Paul Allen as a radio host, but a, as an announcer, he's unbelievable. Um, Mad Martin says, love the game program. Gives the basic rules for all those ba- football versions. Time for a chop block. Rut row. <laughs> That's funny. So, yes, bear with me. There will be uh, probably a little more fan interaction. This might be a little bit longer show, so it's just kind of like into the bye week, out of the bye week. It is what it is. So just letting you know out there, everyone, that uh, is concerned, which I'm sure you're not concerned. I'm sure you're enjoying the show. I hope you are anyway. He says, trust me, I'm not a Sea Chickens fan. Needs a re-education, me thinks. That's his friend there. Ooh, yep, yep, yep. Yep, he's not happy about the Sea Chickens. That guy being his buddy there being a Sea Chickens fan. Seahawks, but, of course, Mr. Uh, Richard Sherman will not be available the remainder of the season. 
James Beck out of the UK, and Mad Martin's out of Northern Scotland. James Beck says, I think that was the first time I've seen the chop block. My wife asked what it was, and I was relieved I could point at the big screen. Ooh, scary. Yep. <laughs> James Beck says, presumably it's not something that happens very often, or I'm just not paying proper attention. Mad Martin says, unless they are done on a Vikings player, I've never seen them. Are the people are the purple contenders? It will be those final eight games that tell the story about how good the Vikings really are. And yeah, before I continue with that, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, I'm going to say this statement too. See, this is why the show is going to be a little longer. Lots of statements, lots of stuff to say, lots of stuff to get off my chest, and others out there too, like Mad Martin getting a lot of uh, off his chest there in the uh, that that bye week uh, recording. People that were saying, "Oh, the NFC was wide open," no, it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not because like the worst teams are six and three in the playoff picture. In the playoff picture, um, the Rams, like I just said, scared the crap out of me. The Saints scared the crap out of me. The yes, the Vikings blew them out, but that was different. And boy, poor Adrian Peterson, poor Adrian. You know, I feel bad. You know, as bad as it sounds, it's silly. You remember how miserable he looked, and oh, the Saints are going nowhere. That's a franchise that's just it's the doldrums now. They're back to where they were, and and obviously. Brew Breeze is old and he's all by himself. Yeah. I mean, look at the Saints now in Arizona. Talk about NFL purgatory. Whew. Poor Adrian. Um, but no, the NFC is not wide open at all. I mean, Philadelphia is still really good. I'm not sure how for real they are, but they're for real right now. I mean, they are. The Rams. Well, I mean, need I say more? They're just, I talked about them enough. The Saints scare me. Seattle doesn't know. I think they're in trouble with Richard Sherman being out, but they still have Russell Wilson and, and uh, others. So, mm, the, uh, Carolina's still kind of, yeah, sort of dangerous. Atlanta might be emerging. Detroit's annoying. Um, okay. I think the uh, Redskins, uh, for all intents and purposes, are just about dead. Let's get to, to Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. He says, schedule gets a lot harder. Yep, a lot harder now. I don't think we've beaten anyone that proves proves much so far. I hope we can make something happen, though. And uh, beating the Redskins on the road when after making mistakes like that, that, that helps. It helps. It's not a great team, but it helps that we won. Um, and, yeah, Cleveland stinks. Baltimore stinks. Green Bay was injured. Chicago stinks. Detroit, well, we lost that one. Tampa Bay stinks. And Pittsburgh, we got creamed. And the Saints, well, they're good, but they weren't good at the time. So the Saints are easily the best team we beat at, when you compare it today, to today's standing and everything. That was a very huge win. We never thought how important that win was at the time. But it's extremely important for home field advantage in the at least the first two rounds, so to speak, to get that first round by. So, yeah, thank God we did win that game. <laughs> wow. Uh, Matt Martin says, good question. How would you grade Zimmer? And this is uh, Mr. Mad Martin. Uh, B at this present moment in time, especially on the D, on the defense. Yes, and I say B also. That's what I was saying on the last show. Um, Mad Martin, uh, yeah. Yep, that was the question, yep, on the show. Yep, I say B also. Yep, so it looks like we're like mine there. Mad Martin says, the joys of bye week and being 3,000 miles from home, my iPad refuses to stream NFL Network. Ah, for 3G phones. Hmm. Yep. And yeah, yeah, they refuse to do it. You have to have the, uh, uh, well, in a lot of cases, it has to be Verizon. So 
Luckily, I'm a Verizon customer, and I have been since they were AirTouch and all that. But it was AirTouch. AirTouch and a couple other companies merged to form Verizon way back in 2000. I've been a customer since AirTouch was still in business in 1999. That's a uh, that's loyal. <laughs> if you don't get more much more loyal than that, UK Minnesota Vikings says hope you get hope you can get a main event next week. A must win game to keep up with the Eagles. Absolutely. Uh, it's talking to me and Mr. Mad Martin there. And Mad Martin says, Eagles looking very good. Agree, next week is a must-win game. Have to maintain pressure. The real test begins Sunday. Hoping to watch the Chiefs play the Cowboys. I've got a soft spot for Kansas Kansas City fans. They have become my AFC team after the Bolts moved. Oh, so there you go. So we see we all have AFC teams. So Mad Martin's the Chiefs. Uh, Gerald String is the Broncos, who I'm looking at right now. And they're playing my AFC team, the Patriots. Yes, yes, it would be the Raiders, but nah, it wouldn't, no, it wouldn't be. If I didn't like the Patriots, it'd probably be the Raiders would be the other one, but nah, it's not. It's the Patriots, damn it, damn it. Oh, well, Patriots are winning right now, and they just tackled the kicker, I guess. Yeah, yep, they blocked the punt. Well, 17-6 to 6 right now. Let's keep moving. This is really long. I apologize. Uh, Bolts, says UK Minnesota Vikings, got to feel for their fans if they have any left. Loyalty means nothing in the NFL. Me, I will support the Browns. Woo, so that's your AFC team, UK Vikings, Minnesota Vikings. So you like the Browns. Yep. I want to see them succeed. Yeah, I feel bad for them. Yep, it was a block punt. Wow, and fumble recovery, all that crap. Wow. Okay. Whew. Mad Burns says, back in London next Sunday, 02 for tennis. So we'll have to watch on the go if possible, but probably watch Monday. The Browns should get their first win playing the Packers. Oh, I hope they do. Uh, UK Minnesota Vikings says, we are talking the Browns. Probably screw that up, but without Rodgers, the Packers are garbage. Ha! Huh. And yet they still beat Chicago. Yikes. Uh, James Beck says, I should have tagged a couple of us. He says, there may be more. Thank you very much for that. He uh, says, how good is it to see Teddy back practicing? Yes, isn't it wonderful? Um, this was uh, tweeted by Brandon McCauley, and Mr. Uh, Tenney Brown uh, sent it to me. Thank you very much. Uh, he says, still can't believe the comeback he's made from such a horrific injury. And absolutely awesome tonight. Um, so happy. And t- like I said earlier, Teddy had tears in his eyes after the uh, national anthem. Just to be back, it's for real. He's wearing the uniform again. And man, so cool. <sighs> man, Martin wraps up the Twitter. This was the Twitter section, which I really didn't even mention. I'll say it right now after this. Uh, he says, a great win on the road. Case is doing a fine job. And thank you very much. And yeah, I'm sorry about the lack of interaction this past week. Uh, Dave Martin been insanely busy doing the cleanups, so I'll try to be better. I'm really sorry. I apologize, and you're absolutely getting a star today, not just because of that, but because you deserve it. Uh, absolutely awesome, and thank you very much. Uh, huge win today, and uh, spectacular call-in. This was the this part. This section right now was the Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. And you'll see that in the show description. Let's get to the Facebook page immediately. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Again, information will be in the show description, as you probably see at the moment, along with the phone line and email address. We'll get back to that at the end here. I'm going to give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven. Do join that Facebook page if you could as well. Fun Vikings conversation. Um, 
news during the week, game threads, post-game this, and uh, all kinds of Viking conversation on there. My friend Trevor Wicker and kind enough to allow me to post links to Pearl Mafia on that page. Thank you again very much for that. And uh, please do join this one. Do like and follow this page if you could. So we'll try to continue where we left off as humanly possible. Okay, here we go. Leaving up on the last show. A little dodgy. That's all I could come up with. This one is capitalized because, uh, yeah, capitalized. I mean, the Vikings capitalized in a big way in the capital. Uh, Case Keenum was trying to capitalize on his uh, job situation as well, and good on him there. So at least he's trying to, but maybe Teddy will end up taking it. But the Vikings did capitalize for the time being. Gerald Swing out of Nebraska says, caught the show today and enjoyed it a bunch. I honestly don't care too much anymore what the wins look like. Great wins, ugly wins, or somewhere in between. Just like if you won the Super Bowl and it was an ugly game, you just won the freaking Super Bowl. So, yes, uh, he says, a W is a W, and no one will care in eight weeks if you had games, if you should have won, but lost, and vice versa. So, please do win. Stats don't matter either. Just your record. And not sure too many folks had us at a pretty solid 6-2 and two at the mid-marker. That, after losing your starting quarterback for a second year in a row, and your star rookie of the year candidate running back. And the best part is the door is still pretty wide open to end this 50-year curse slash drought, whatever you want to call it, just as well be us this Yeah, It might as well just be us this time. School, Joey, thanks for all the time and passion you put into the show and always enjoy it and appreciate it. Thank you very much, uh, Gerald. That, uh, very, that means very much to me. It always does. It always will. Um, I can never take that for granted. Never. Uh, that's why I... You know, regardless if it's busy schedule or easy schedule or medium schedule, <laughs> medium schedule, I want to come on here because I, you know, I, I love being a part of this. I love that you take the time to listen to the show. You know, I love that. You know, it, it, it's just an insane honor because, you know, it's like growing up, People would tell tell me this and that. They make fun of you. They like you. They're not interested in the topic. They're bored with you. You talk too much. This that. But then, I you know it's like you know what? Screw it. I will reserve my quote unquote talents, knowledge, whatever it is, for people that want to hear it. So why not doing the podcasting? So then I go into the workplace or whatever and don't talk a whole lot unless people want to hear. And then on here, I reserve most of my, you know, going on about the Vikings, the Timberwolves, and I try to keep it professional, not just blah, 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 like an idiot, <laughs> but I try to keep it professional to a certain level, to a certain level. Uh, and there it is. I, I provide it for people that want to hear it. If you want to hear it, all you got to do is press download and press play. If you don't want to hear it, then don't then don't download it, that type of thing. And... There it is, you know. Then you don't. Then you don't have to hear the BS talk or people talking about you behind your back. They pretend to be interested. All that bullcrap. So it's stuff like that. That that's what's great about this. It gives you a, a platform to talk about it without being oh, I want to have a platform to spew my political venom, which I'm sick and tired of. You know, you know, and, and I'm not doing that. I could do it, but I'm not doing it. Maybe once in a blue moon, but I try not to keep it venomous. <laughs> James Beck out of the UK says, Great show this week, Joey. Not sure I deserve the Silver Star. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> he said, Just for being at the game, but I'll take it. Thanks, and you're welcome. Um, 
and yep, I'll continue what he said here in a second. No, I mean, your comments have been great for a long time, and your loyalty to the show has been wonderful, James. So I appreciate it, and I wanted to give you a silver star, and it's, you know, you know, and, and it's just, you know, taking the time and put, putting down the money and all that to go to a game like that that probably wasn't cheap. You know, hey, you know, the, the, that's a big deal, because going to that, it takes a little more effort than, say, maybe me going to a Timberwolves game to that's easy for me. See, to you, it's a little tougher because it's further away, maybe more expensive, this and that. Going to a Viking game now is kind of hard. It's kind of expensive locally, too, but still more expensive if you have to travel. Uh, maybe James Beck was right there in London. I'm not sure exactly, but I, I know uh, I know Mad Martin had to travel a bit. For the Minnesota Viking fans literally from here that traveled there, holy cow. Whew, boy. Huge, crazy fans, boy, to be able to do that. But uh, good on them that they were able to. So let's get back to James Beck. He says, I tried to interact during the match, but I was having a hard time getting connected to the Internet. My wife also listened for the first time today and asked, did he just say your name? Why was he saying your name so often? Ha <laughs> ha, enjoy the bye week, Skull. Yes, I did say your name. And I did say it often because you were a part of the show and you're in the uh, you're in the Van Interaction segment at a bare minimum. So... <laughs> <laughs> I hope she doesn't mind that I said your name. Uh, I hope that, you know, it, it, it's an honor, though. Yep, it's an honor to think that uh, you would consider that, uh, in a, you know, an honor on your side that your name was heard. And, yeah, you, you deserve to be on the show. So let's keep going. Um, <laughs> yeah, love you guys. So where was I? That was, yep, that was a Zimmer thing. Let's get to the Teddy Bridgewater activated. Yep, the Vikings were prepared to activate him. There was a few comments in here. Sebastian Barton says, in my opinion, he sits behind Keenum until we either lose multiple games or Case gets injured. Yeah, um, I was thinking that's probably what they're going to do for now. Trey Buckholz jumps on in and says, I believe he's local, he says Case won't hold the starting job long. He's a career backup and really isn't doing anything great right now. Our defense really has been the driver. I think they let Teddy compete immediately for the starting job. They also need to see a little of him if they're going to sign him, and that being Teddy Bridgewater. Him being Teddy Bridgewater, that is. Um, and that's another thing that drives me nuts. His own radio host just keeps saying he, him, he, him. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that's why I always say him being Teddy Bridgewater. Because, yeah, and I'm not saying Trey. I'm saying, yeah, because I know who Trey means. It's, but, like, say a show host when they do that. Um, yes, um, you want to know what you have. Is he truly ready to get back and going again? Today would have been a nice day if the Vikings could have held that damn lead. But, see, Case Keenum looked more... He looked better than a career backup today until he threw those stupid-ass interceptions. And that's the other thing. See, it's like Case Keenum is starting to look like one of the great backup quarterbacks of all time. I mean, and there have been many really good backups. Frank Reich, I mean, he led the greatest comeback of all time in the NFL and in college. So obviously the guy has a crazy ability to lead a, a football team, even though he's not a career starter type of thing. Frank Reich, former Buffalo Bills uh, quarterback. Um and Case Keenum has show, is showing uh, he, he, he has special skills, and I kept talking about Case Keenum versus a, a Christian Ponder, taking 12th overall in the 2011 draft. I mean, it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind that a guy that, you know, lacking in talent, all he could do was run a little bit. I mean, that's it. He had no arm. His accuracy was below average. His IQ was... Like, uh, let's just say it wasn't at the same level of his like uh, educational IQ, not even close. His intellectual IQ, not even close to his football IQ. Um, 
what the hell? And then you see Keenum. I mean, his IQ is, yeah, it's above average slightly. When you see those bullcrap interceptions, that's why I just say above average slightly. But he's got a good arm and this and that. And he loves the game and he certainly has a competitive edge to him that you don't see all the time. Uh, from like the likes of even a Sam Bradford, you don't necessarily see the competitive edge. Sam Bradford has the natural skills, though. And once upon a time before his ACLs in uh, St. Louis, Mr. Uh, and of course in his college days even, uh, Mr. Sam Bradford was a mobile quarterback once upon a time, if you can believe that. But two ACLs will make you a little skittish, a little skittish. So let's get to Mark Carlson out of Iowa. He says, I still can't believe he made a recovery at a, at a level. They will allow him to play. Amazing. I am also so excited about the conversations surrounding him and the injury and recovery. For me as a fan, I expected bad news, but this has been the opposite. Each update bringing surprisingly good news. Unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, just awesome. Uh, Roger says, Roger Inboden says, bring on Teddy. The quicker he shakes off the rust, the better. And yeah, I would love to see him play. I would love to see Mr. Uh, Teddy play. Ah, there you go. I guess he's an Army veteran. Roger Inboden out of Sterling, Illinois. So Sterling, Illinois, that's a different one. Cool. Welcome aboard, Roger. Uh, if it's one of, it might be his first post on here. And I'm going to do this right now. I was got to make sure I don't forget. Um, yesterday was the 11th of November. And for those of you that love this country, we know that the 11th of November is Veterans Day. Mark Carlson is a veteran, among others out there. But Mark Carlson was a veteran of the first Iraq War. Uh, Roger Inboden, I he was a veteran of the Army, I believe. Is is a veteran of the Army. But I'm saying oh, Mark Carlson was in the uh, Iraq War, in the, in the first the first Iraq uh, campaign. Um, and many, many other veterans. Maybe you're listening right now. Uh, I believe I believe Mark Carlson's father, Larry Carlson, is a veteran of the Army, I believe. And I know Anthony Carlson is a current military... Uh, he's currently in the military in Philadelphia. That's uh, Antonio Fett on Twitter. I want to give all the veterans dating back pre-1776. I mean, I'm talking way back, you know, that, you know, kept this country together. And, of course, the ones during the 1776 era, you know, the Revolutionary War... The War of 1812, the Civil War, God, oh, God bless. You know, the war that had the most American deaths was the Civil War because, well, anybody that died was an American death because uh, on either side because they were all America. So that's why the Civil War had the most American deaths. Uh, Vietnam War, World War One, which was, whew, that was a bad war, boy. And hmm, World War Two, obviously, lots of, lots of drama, lots of history, um, Amazing aircraft. God, I love the aircraft of World War II. Uh, of course, the uh, Korean War, the Vietnam War, Iraq One, Iraq II, um, <laughs> and so many other operations in between for many years. I want to give all of you, I put your life on the line for many, <laughs> for many years. Some of you, some people that were in the wars many years ago either lost their life or they you know, risked their life, they had injuries. I want to give you a quick moment of silence. God bless the United States and its armed forces. Uh, thank you again very much. And those of you, again, that were active recently, not too long ago, currently active, this and that, God bless you so much. And thank you again. <sighs> yep. So 
I had to make sure I got to, got to mention that. Uh, Everson Griffin was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month as I try to transition very uh, <laughs> well. I mean, I have no choice but to transition at this point. Um, the Vikings, uh, Mark Carlson says, the Vikings D is finally getting some respect. Congrats to Everson, and I hope this motivates his teammates. And Indeed, and of course, Everson not even available today. Bummer, man. Amazing how it says, Everson Griffin, NFC Defensive Player of the Month. And Everson Griffin out today versus Redskins. Doe, huh. Yankee, in a, uh, he's in Brooklyn Center. He says, that's a bummer. There goes his sack streak. Matt Emer says, sucks, man. Way to kill the streak. Matt Emer out of the UK. And yes, his streak, where he had a recorded a sack in the first eight games of the season, one of each. He was only one of three guys since uh, 82. Pretty impressive. Pretty damn impressive. Vikings versus Redskins in game. I'm going to check the visitor post if, and then come back. See if there's any visitor posts. Yes. A couple. Wow. Two of them. Jeff Froyland out of. Dang it. I think he's from. Ah, I thought he was from Iowa. Let's see. Doggone it. I had it ready. I wish it would just show. But it's not going to, is it? Nope. It never does right away. And it is Iowa. I thought it was Iowa. I thought Jeff Portland was from Iowa. I apologize. He says Mont Walsh had three missed field goals in a row in the first half. It feels good that it's not us anymore. Yep, and that was with the uh, that was the Seattle and Washington game with last week's. Uh, well, two weeks ago, I guess. Yeah, November fifth. Well, that was last week's game. Yeah, pardon me with the Redskins. That was hilarious. Uh, see, Washington actually beat Seattle. So it was it was after the last show, but yeah, in between. And I, I apologize. I didn't even click like. I apologize, Jeff. That was uh, awesome, though. Love you, Jeff. Out of Iowa. One of the greats also posts on here often. Um, <laughs> Walsh, that guy sucks, doesn't he? Brent Jacobson. Oh, boy. He posts how the... How are the Saints ahead of us? We won head-to-head. Exactly. I was about to complain about that, too. Um, I didn't understand that, and it was showing that today as well. And, well, it got fixed now. I, I, I agree, Brent, uh, 100% with that one. I didn't understand that either. I was looking at it, too, and it looks like they corrected it now. Thank God. How stupid is that? Total BS. Um, for some reason, I, it's like I don't see these during the week sometimes. I don't know if I, I, I get the notification, and then it just disappears before I can even respond. Let's sift through the in-game. I want to get going here. Um, yeah, Paul Cedric is saying, damn, Case just threw it away. Just throw it away rather than put the thing right out there. A lot of people were getting mad. Awesome uh, graphics here. Woo, that one's pretty cool. Whoa, what's up with the skull there? Mr. Cedric Paulding, but yeah, active today on the boards. Thank you again very much. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, the CBS experts had the Vikings losing 20-17. to 17. How about that? And they were very wrong. Brett McCarthy. Is a uh, a drawing of uh, Harrison Smith flexing his big muscle there. It's a drawing uh, of such. Uh, Brett McCarthy also, yeah, but South Dakota, like I said, Tony Coleman and Brett McCarthy says good teams find a way to win. Just think if Griff was playing, yeah, imagine that. That would have helped. That would have helped. I'm gonna dig a little bit here. Matt Emer was saying, yep, challenge that play there. Yep. Uh, Casey had it on. Yep, there was a lot of excitement. Sebastian was saying, no, Egriff, here's the key. Washington is the best first-quarter team in the NFL, long, long drives. And, yep, that's what they've been doing. Mark Carlson was saying, not able to watch today as I am traveling in South Dakota. I can't believe I'm going to miss the game. I have a feeling it's going to be uh, be a great game. Skull, Mark, in South Dakota. 
Ah, Gerald String says, me neither, big guy. No Vikings games on local channels out here. South Dakota, my home state. Travel safe. So he's originally from South Dakota, but lives in Nebraska. Patrick Grant says, Vikes win. Nuff said. Cedric Pauling was picking the Vikings to win 23-17. Um, Yankee says, bleeping Trey Waynes as usual. That guy is a love-hate headache. And yes, he is. Um, bit of back-and-forth conversation for a short time there. Cedric Pauling Salting was saying our secondary is sloppy today. I swear his forward momentum was stopped. Yep, that was along the way there. And let's jump ahead, jump ahead to the post-game threads here. Interesting stuff. Sebastian Barden says, victory, all I care about. Matt Emer, and Sebastian is from uh, Mankato. Matt Emer's from the UK, says it's a W, but made it harder than it needed to be. That's for damn sure. Thanks a lot, Case Keenum. The guy who gave us the lead, helped give us the lead, along with Adam Thielen, and then almost gave it all back. Uh, Jacob Ederheim, I believe is how you pronounce it. Ederheim. I was thinking about it wrong earlier. Uh, Jacob Ederheim. He is out of Slayton, Minnesota. Interesting. Uh, he says, I'm so excited about this team. This was a big win. I'm very confident that we can win against Los Angeles next week if we play even slightly better than we did today. Well, if the offense is hitting on all cylinders, then we will beat the Rams. Just don't turn the damn ball over. That's the thing. It's going to be hard because that's what the Rams do better than anybody right now is they turn the ball over. They force turnovers. They win the takeaway battles. That's how they've beaten some pretty... That's how they've crushed teams along the way. I mean, they haven't beaten a whole lot of good teams, and this will be a great test for both the Vikings and the Rams. It'll be a jump board for one team and a, gla a glass ceiling that you try to break through, but it'll be a that, that steel ceiling for the other. The, somebody's going to go get knocked down whoever loses the game next week, unless there's a tie, which would really be weird. It would throw a monkey wrench on the whole freaking season for both teams. Tony Coleman says, I was pleasantly surprised as I try not to cough to death. My throat's getting dry because it's been a, a, long, <laughs> a longer episode. Um, he says, I was pleasantly surprised at how many Viking fans were in attendance for our road game. Yeah, it was a lot, man. He says, that was pretty awesome. I love it when all those experts predict the Vikings' loss, and they smash those predictions into pieces. Thielen was incredible. Yes, he was. And I, I'm telling you, those gold gloves, they're, they're markers, man, for the quarterback. Case looked mostly great, aside from the interceptions. It was nice to see Teddy suited up again, even if he didn't take any snaps. All in all, this was really quite a fun game to watch. And great points, Tony. Star candidate for me there. Brett McCarthy says, good game. Could have done without the INTs, but when he had over 300 yards, again, I can live with that. And yeah, I mean, that's why he was still a friend targeting candidate. It was just the interceptions were the uh, <laughs> Christian Potter Memorial. Uh, it was the interceptions themselves were the Christian Potter Memorials. Gerald String says, can't wait to watch the game tonight. Yep, that's the Broncos. Sounding like an old classic Skins-Vikings game. Always going to rewatch the game, yep. Uh, he says, how we won doesn't matter. Going on the road to a decent team after a bye week and getting the big W is a big deal. Yeah, because last year, remember, the Redskins helped derail the season. They really did. They were part of it. Close, close loss. It's a big deal. He says, we have tough have a tough game at home next week and three, game, three road games in a row. We really needed this one to remain legit. Yep. Looking at the stats on Thielen, I'm thinking he's finally got the NFL's attention. What a story for a walk-on player. Yeah, I mean, think about what Adam Thielen was. He didn't get here by being a top pick in the first round or even a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. He, uh, Stephon Diggs was a fifth-round pick, pretty good, but Thielen, much harder to get on the uh, NFL roster than even uh, Stephon Diggs' route. 
which is, again, he, he went late, too, probably with injury concerns and all that. Dave Hickey will wrap up this section. Out. Oh, no, he doesn't. This keeps going, but he's out of Iowa. A couple of comments here. He says, what a great win. It's hard for me to comment too much because the game wasn't on in my area. But from the highlights, it looks like it was an awesome passing display. And yes, it was. The guy's got a good arm, man. Um, Dave continues, says, the, that really was a special game for Thielen. He always seems to be open. Adam has to get the Fran Award. Yep, and he, and he did. Uh, great job by Case, too. I wasn't able to watch much, just bonus coverage at the end of the game. Mackenzie Alexander had a big breakup at the end. Yep. That was a big, uh, there was, there is a big stretch of tough games coming up. So that was big next, was big. Next week is huge if it matters for playoff positioning. And yes, it does uh, for the ponder. I'm guessing officially because we get, we get, we always get screwed when again. And it was great to see Teddy suited up on the sideline without a doubt. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says great win by the Vikes today, but my blood pressure was up and yeah, me too. Me too. The blood pressure was way up. Scary game. Oh, man. What just happened? Okay, good. Uh, Mark Carlson. Oh, Mike Fellers and Mike Fellers, Stu Evans. Interesting one there. Uh, I had it loading and... He, oh, yep, yep. He's, he's also out of Iowa. That's what I thought. Des Moines, Iowa. Cool. I love Iowa. You guys are the greatest. Uh, Mike Fellers says, hoping we can continue that next week when I go to the game. Dave Hickey. Yep, so he knows Dave Hickey. Great seats in section 133 on the Viking side. Cool, man. Uh, and so um, maybe Dave brought uh, Mike Fellers over here. Thank you, Dave, if you did. I appreciate that. He says, I was able to watch this week's game as I have NFL Sunday ticket on Xbox. There you go. It was a great game, although I was getting worried, worried for a minute. And, and that's the one thing that's good about the modern game systems is they're smart systems. That's the only reason I'd get a game system right now is for uh, smart stuff and, of course, to be able to play retro stuff in HD, possibly. That's about it, you know, like because, you know, like some of the retro stuff comes back out again and it's done really good. Like you can play Pac-Man in HD. Yeah, it's freaking cool. And, of course, a lot of other modern uh, or older games, but they're like, you know, you bring the file over and it's, you know, it's in HD. It's the same game, exactly. It's just that... Uh, Video quality's improved, that's all. Or, the, you know, the uh, quality of the... Yeah, the video quality's improved. That's basically what it is. Um, I, I'm a retro gamer. I'm not a modern gamer. But to have the smart capabilities is fantastic. You know, NBA League Pass, NFL Ticket, uh, you, even YouTube. You know, you can play, play it on your TV, stuff like that. That's, that's nice. It's nice to be able to watch YouTube and your TV. <laughs> so, let's keep going. Mark Carlson, just about wrapping this up, says, was it the play calling or just opportunity? But I will never complain about the lack of deep throws. Loved it. And, yeah, there were some great deep throws indeed. Mark, or Marty Haggerty says, great game to watch. And, yes, it was, Mark. Uh, Marty, I just called him Mark. Gosh, I'm getting everybody mixed up here, and I apologize. Marty Haggerty. So let's pass out the awards and call it a day here. I'm going to try to figure out where Marty Hargadee is from again. I believe he's posted before. Um, gold star for this show is going to go to Mad Martin. Um, boy, oh boy. Oh, it's always so hard. You know, I want to give a shout out to the Mayor Henrys. Missed you guys. Josh Mayor Henry, Justin Mayor Henry. Oh, missed you guys. This guy's from uh, Marty Haggerty's from Circle, Montana. Interesting. Montana. The Sky State. Cool. Nice to meet you, Marty. I don't know if it's his first post, but I, I think he's fairly new. 
Um, I uh, just a shout out to the Mayor Henry's. Miss you guys. Miss Brent Jacobson. Also, uh, he posts sometimes, but not as much lately. I hope I hope I didn't scare him away for some reason. Love you, Brent, if you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, don't freak, don't be afraid to call in, uh, Brent. I always loved your calls. I I I miss you. Uh, Gold Star, Mad Martin for sure. Uh, gotta give it just awesome, awesome overall show. Uh, Mark Carlson and Tony Coleman should get silvers. Um, well, Mark Carlson, you know the you know Veterans Day and and the great posts. Uh, awesome comments as well. Tony Coleman, Mark Carlson are going to get that. Uh, James Beck, also great comments. And and James Beck and Gerald Spring will both get a bronze star. Great comments back and forth. Love you guys. Really appreciate what you bring. Um, I can always give gold stars to so many people, and I keep saying that. But uh, I, I just love what you guys brought today. Really appreciate it. I appreciate the interaction, the loyalty to the show. It just means so much. The kind words. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's... It's always uh, greatly appreciated. It's like, you know, you want to give everyone a gold star, but but if you do, then it's just like you gave everybody a gold star, and then they're like, well, well, you gave it to everybody. What the hell? You know, but it's like I, I want to because I just love you so much. <laughs> but again, don't take that too seriously in the wrong way. Uh, boy, well, hopefully the next time I do this show, the cleanups will be done, or at a bare minimum, they'll be almost done. We'll have taken a huge chunk out of it. It's been a freaking struggle with the... The moisture, and then the cold, and then the moisture, and then the cold. I mean, the cold helped dry things up because the dew point was so low, the leaves finally dried up, and then it snowed again. What the hell? And then it starts to melt, but doesn't melt enough completely, and everything's soaking wet, and oh, it's been a hell of a time this year. Last year, we were just about done already uh, on the 12th of November this year. We're about half done, so yeah, it's a little harder. So yeah, it's been a struggle. Um I want it to be cold and snowing in December. It doesn't need to be now. Let's just get through the damn work first, and then it can snow all at once. I'm a big fan of snow. Those of you that aren't, well, nah, 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 boo-boo. I like snow, damn it. And I hope it. Uh, I, I hope we have a snowier winter than we've had the last couple of years. Iowa seems to snow a lot there, doesn't it? They get a lot of more precipitation there. Uh, that's probably what helps with the farming down there. It's a better climate for it, I suppose. We get rain here like crazy sometimes. Like, obviously, southern Minnesota, is, there's a lot of farming there, too. It's basically like northern Iowa, basically, in southern Minnesota. And, of course, I know there's more to Iowa than farms. Obviously, they have cities, too, Des Moines and, and Cedar Rapids and, and uh, Iowa City and so many others as well. So um, I loved Iowa when I was there many, 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 many years ago in the late 80s. Just loved it. So And I love everybody. You, you guys from Iowa are just, you know, you, you guys are carrying this show. But uh, so is so is South Dakota. You're helping so much too. You guys are just just gems, and locally Minnesota people step it up. Damn it! No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. You guys know who you are, Sebastian, Brent, and and others. You guys are great. Kurt back if he's listening as well. Uh, friend from uh, White Bear Lake. Thank you guys so much. Colorado, the mayor Henry's man. You guys are cool. Even got uh, oh what was his name just a minute ago from Illinois. Oh man, I. Uh, I just had it. I'm going to dig it up. Really, I'm going to... Oh, man. Mm. Well, uh, there was Marty Haggerty. He was uh, from Montana. How cool is that? Uh, I think it was in the uh, in-game thread at the bottom there. Nope, it's not there. Damn it. Where was he? Mm. Well, we'll find him. Oh, he was in the uh, he was in the Teddy Bridgewater one. 
uh, get it right now. That was Roger. Roger Inboden. Yep, from uh, Illinois. So cool. Thanks again so much, everybody, for listening. God bless. I better call it a day here. It's a little bit long. Hope it's not too long for some of you that might think it's, yeah, I'm not keeping you too long. But, uh, well, it's what happens when you have a bye week. So you get kind of a lot of things on your chest and lots of uh, interaction as well. So to catch up with. Thanks again. God bless all of you. And we will talk to you next week, hopefully after the most pivotal win of the season to this point.